It's a film with three brains. 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 Oh my god, you guys are freaks. Harry Doyle here welcoming all of you to another season of Indians baseball. Here's a list of players we'll be inviting to camp. This guy here is dead. Cross him off then. We'd love for you to come to spring training for a shot at this year's club. What the hell league you been playing in? California penal. Don't you have any proven major league talent? Now I want to put together a team that'll help us relocate to Miami. <clears throat> you want us to lose? We've been losing. What I want is for us to finish dead last. This year, the Cleveland Indians have a multi-talented team. The first offering just a bit outside Major League. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Film with Three Brains. It's Sam in San Francisco. And I am Sean in Chicago. And I am Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. And we are discussing the 1989 hit, hit, maybe hit film? Uh, Major League? Masterpiece. Masterpiece, I think. (laughs) Yes. Tour de Force, Major League. (laughs) Yes. Have you guys seen this one before? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. This is the one about hockey, right? (laughs) I would love to know how many times I've seen this movie. Because it's a lot. Like, more than most. I'd be hard-pressed to think of another movie I've watched as many times as this. Really? Yeah, I feel like it was like a once-a-week kind of thing in high school for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you remember, when we had Tom on the show, he answered the phone. Tire world. <laughs> so it looms large in many, many of our hearts. Yeah, yeah. Mostly because of him, I think. I think yeah, he, he's a big part he of just it. had it on over and over <laughs> at his house. Like we, we could not even be in the room and he, I think he would just rewind the tape and hit play. <laughs> All right. So for people who don't know really quickly, it's, a movie about a bunch of essentially guys who shouldn't be in major league on a major league team who are all put on to the Cleveland Indians because the owner of the Cleveland Indians thinks if they lose bad enough that they will meet a clause in their contract with the city that they could she or the league that she can move the team to Miami. Um, you know, it's kind of a, a Disney sort of plot, but the jokes are way more for adults. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of bad news bears for adults. Yeah, and, you know, cool runnings are all these things, like just taking the team that shouldn't win or be able to do anything right. and, you know, having the them underdogs. all come together. Yeah. yeah, It's been done a lot, yeah. but this one is still fun to watch. Yeah, <laughs> it's still funny as hell. It still kills me. <laughs> Cracks so, me up. I hadn't seen it in so long, I didn't remember a lot of it, like most of it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, you said like, you hadn't watched it since back in the day, right? I Probably since, like, somewhere around the mid-90s. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I remembered some of the jokes and some of the, like, little things that that happened, like, um, you know, the the Joe Boo stuff and... Yeah. and and Wesley Snipes uh, uh, getting on the team, I remembered. <laughs> I remembered that part, but 
a lot of like the love story part didn't really remember at all um yeah a lot of it i didn't didn't remember or uh his wife getting you know uh corbin bernstein's wife getting back at him that whole <laughs> yeah. thing didn't remember that or bernstein said his name wrong anyway yeah a lot of it i didn't remember do you, you, you think guys it, probably remembered everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's funny? I was just yeah. like waiting for the next funny line or next funny scene. I felt like I could, re- I could recite whole scenes from memory. Yeah. I, I, uh, I randomly watched it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> before you picked <laughs> before it. Before I even picked <laughs> it. <laughs> and um, and I, my thinking was, well, I mean, I'm not going to like ruin my perspective on this. Like I've seen it so many times I can't even... And I've seen it, yeah, recent, recent-ish, so it really didn't change my nostalgia or anything, but um, I watched it again, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, I still think, yeah, I don't know if it's the combination of humor and, and the storylines or, or what, but it's, it just, it just keeps you going. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. It's, it's, there's just so many jokes, too, in it, like, it's just it's like a constant barrage on like most of them land pretty well. Yeah. You know, they don't do a lot of cheap stuff, you know, they're, they're jokes actually crafted for the moment. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, and and then there's that. And then the other thing is that the casting is so good and everyone is just, everyone's just like hitting the right notes. You know, everyone's just on, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing in like the most perfect way. Mm -hmm. Like every single person in this movie, is just like doing it exactly right. Yeah. Well, I don't think Charlie Sheen had to do anything different than be the guy he was at the end of uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just channel that. Yeah. Um, well, I thought I didn't know that he was a pitcher in high school, so yeah. he 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 topped out at eighty-five miles an hour. Um, pretty fast. Did you guys see that he admitted it in, in some interview that he had <laughs> he's steroids taking steroids? Yeah. 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 Yeah, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, he was actually offered a baseball scholarship to the University of Kansas. Oh, hmm. so from that's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's important, especially with his, you know, being a pitcher. Like mm-hmm. that can go horribly wrong if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, you can tell you can tell when he throws that he that he's played. You know, there are some people like you ever watch Bull Durham, a movie I love, mm-hmm. which this is a huge ripoff of. But you watch Tim Robbins pitch, and that dude looks like he's never touched a baseball before the first day of shooting. Yeah, it's a little awkward. You know, he's just like, he's just gangling and weird. It's like, that guy's never thrown a ball in his life. You just assume he can throw hard because he's but, so tall. <laughs> <laughs> but Charlie Sheen, he, he definitely looked like a pitcher. Yeah. Yeah, I was impressed with that. And then I didn't know that Wesley Snipes, on you know, <laughs> was in the other category. He wasn't, he hadn't played baseball. He didn't really... Um, he couldn't really throw the ball very well. Oh yeah. And so they said they, they, they <laughs> avoided showing him throwing a ball. And I was like, Oh, you're right. He doesn't throw a ball. That's even, yeah. even in the end when he cat, he has the big catch in the yeah. outfield. He just shakes the glove. He's like, Hey, I got it. He doesn't throw it back in. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I never noticed that. <laughs> and as they said, he wasn't a very good sprinter either, but I mean, you know, I don't know what 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 we're expecting to see. How do you see really a really fast sprinter if it's not in slow mo? Yeah. You know, it has to be. Yeah. But if you look carefully, even the, even, I was gonna say even the uh, even the other. I was just thinking about Charlie Sheen again. Even the other guy, Harris. Yeah. Like he's old. Yeah. Obviously, but you can tell he like he's played baseball. Yeah. 
Yeah, he threw. You know, he has that. You know, I looked him up to see if he if I was just like losing my mind or if it, I mean, he just looked he just looked like a guy who knew what he was doing. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> Wesley Snipes can't throw. That's funny. I'd say uh, Pedro mm-hmm. Serrano. I mean, um, Jimmy Haysbert. Dennis Haysbert. Dennis Haysbert. Fam <laughs> 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 <Jansky>. um, <laughs> He's. Uh, <laughs> He's the only one that, that really looked like he could hit. Like when he, when he hit. Yeah, he had a good looking swing. Yeah. I, I was thinking that too when I was watching. Like, yeah, that guy swung a bat before, I bet. He's got a pretty good uh, looking uh, swing there. Him and, and the, the Yankee, the Clue Hayward. Well, he's a real player. Yeah, and you know who he is, right? I can't, I forgot who he's he is. He's Pete Vukovic. So he was. Right, right, right. So there's a couple of ties to the Milwaukee Brewers. Obviously, the stadium. We'll get to that probably. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah. he was. He's this big slugger, but he's actually a pitcher. Um, you know, a Cy Young winner. He's, a, yeah. You know, he was a really good pitcher for the, the Brewers, and uh, <laughs> so you know, he's playing in the American League. He, he never really had to hit. He never hit a home run in in real life, but he barely had at bats. You know, so that it was interesting that they just. I think it was just the look that the the, the mustache and the sure sure. You know, he's get the whole he's thing. He's big and intimidating. Yeah. No, he's perfect for it. Yeah. <laughs> but I liked it. There was a couple of guys. There's um, another pitcher. I can't. I, can't think of now that's uh that was you know from the brewers yeah there's a couple of players in the, in the movie real players yeah yeah i don't remember any of them <laughs> they said there were extras from the university of arizona when they're in spring training but i don't know how the hell you would tell that it's just you know a bunch of i mean there are a lot of guys what i like about it is there's a lot of guys in all the sh- even like the the commercial they do you know all yeah. They don't have, like, just the stars in that commercial. They have yeah. the whole team. And, you know, like, half yeah. of them you've never seen before. But you're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a full baseball team. Okay, you got it. The way that they, they shoot it, the way they, the way they have, like, um, one starting pitcher and one... Well, they have two pitchers, period. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. And in today's game, it's ridiculous that you could, you like... Because well, I don't think are we supposed to believe they only have two pitchers? Or are they just... No. It's not no, germane to the story, so they don't really talk about it. Right, so right. So it doesn't matter. right. But I mean, if you're nitpicking, you would say, "Oh well, uh, Ricky Vaughn is is a reliever, or at least he's used as a reliever." But then earlier, he is a starter against the Yankees, and you know, like they, and actually, when they decide who is going to pitch the penultimate game, he says, "I'm going to go with Harris." So mm-hmm. he was an alternative as a starting pitcher. I mean, that's not unheard right. of in playoff baseball that you would switch people around. But sure, you know. But I mean, my point is not to nitpick. My point is to say. Even with all of that and, and all the limited things that you see, it really, like, seems, it just seems real. There's there's a lot of realness to the way that they, yeah. the baseball parts of it are just seem, mm-hmm. seem genuine. Yeah, pretty well done. I agree with that. I guess part Which of it's good. from having a bunch of baseball guys on set as advisors sure. and stuff. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And having Bob Euchre is, you know, play the oh yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, the, a role that he actually did for many years for the Brewers. <laughs> did you see that David S. Ward when he he thought of him, he he knew him knew of him from the Miller Lite commercials and from Mister Bel- Belvedere, and he thought he was good, but he didn't know he was an actual broadcaster. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, if you're not familiar with Bob Euchre, he is. He's a, a mainstay at uh, Milwaukee Brewer games, and he's. Does he still call Brewer games? He still does. Still wow. doing it. Wow. Uh, he must be I like a thousand years old. Yeah, I, gonna, I didn't think he's, he was still alive. <laughs> now he's doing all right. I think he's he's pushing eighty or something like that. But I mean, he's 
He's been in he's every game. 80? Seems like he's older than that. I, I'm totally guessing, but... <laughs> okay, he was born in 1934. Ooh. Oh. So that makes him... Whoa, does that make him... Over 80. 88. <laughs> 88? Yes. Wow. Wow. Dang. Good for you, Yuke. Yeah, way to go, dude. But I mean, I... I think that he is a huge part of this movie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, totally. He's got so many memorable lines. He's got yeah. memorable lines, which most most of them he ad libbed. He's <laughs> he's just got a spirit to him, and then, I mean that's sure. that's really him. That's like that's how he is. That's how he broadcasts games. Yeah. Um, I don't, but I can't put my finger on why he's so entertain or you know why why he's so important to this. I mean, yeah. there's the oh, this is a funny. I'm I'm drinking again because they're. This team is terrible, which they use a couple of times, and you know it's pretty funny. But mostly, yeah. it's just his the way he's his demeanor is. I don't know. I guess there's yeah, maybe he's just an entertaining guy. Yeah, well, his, his delivery is really great too. Like, I, I, I would argue his most famous line in this movie is when he says, "Just a bit outside." Yeah, yeah. going for the corner and missed it. <laughs> you know, it was like that huge. It was a terrible, fucking wild pitch. Ball four, ball eight. How are they laying off? He's just so funny. It's great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, he also improvised that uh, putting the uh, whiskey behind his ears. <laughs> <laughs> right. A little dabble, do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, and they picked Rene Russo, who was a first time actor you know like this is her first movie i think is it huh and that was pretty good because she seemed to nail it yeah she's oh great. Yeah. yeah i mean it seems obvious now but i mean at the time if you didn't know i don't know how she got her start or how they found her or if mm-hmm. she was doing you know tv and other stuff and then this was her big break i don't i have no idea but this it's a big part she looks like she was maybe in a like a soap opera or something for a couple of years, like two years or two seasons or one season. You say something look- called Sa- something called Sable. Oh, I I never heard of it. It was eighty seven <laughs> to eighty eight. She was in seven episodes. It's Eating Kendall. Nice. And then she was in some movie in nineteen eighty eight. I never heard of. And then Major League in eighty nine. So this was a big step up for her. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's good because she's the. Um, I was reading somebody's, you know, just blog review randomly from one of the wiki links or something. And they, <laughs> oh, she was a model. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And then she got into acting. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's okay. But this guy was, his main gripe was, well, I don't know, all this love story stuff, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, really? Cause I mean, if you look at the end, um, I know that there was a, they they had an idea to do like a wedding scene or something at the end and they're like no it's too much focus on that like that would have been too much yeah. but the way that they did yeah, it was yeah. to tie it all together like it's jake taylor's last season you know it's his last i mean theoretically it doesn't have to be his last season but it could be his last season it's la- it's his last shot with her she's about to get married you know the team is i don't know it's it's the way that the, all the storylines converge at the end it's masterful, yeah. yes. Yeah. Probably yeah. the best movie we've ever reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what? I mean, that's part part of the reason this movie's so damn enjoyable too. Is like it's it's a simple plot, but 
it's weaved well. Right. And they never you go know? overboard with it. Yeah. They never like go too everybody far has a reason for being there. You know, and, and everything's working together to create this cohesive whole. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's fucking funny. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> like the opening scene just kills me. The, the the banter as everyone's coming in, you know, and even, even before that, when she hands out the lists and stuff and they're talking and he's like, this guy here is dead. <laughs> she goes, well, well, cross him off then. <laughs> you know? And then watching everyone come in, which is such a, such a common trope for introducing characters, but it's so well done in this, Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's awesome. And the guy, look at this fucking guy. It's like, <laughs> I must've said it a thousand times in high school. I still say it. <laughs> I, I think of it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The way that the yeah. fans are so are in disbelief, they're like, these, these guys are too fucking good. You know, like they're, and even like as they're starting to get better, then they're still like, ah, they're still shitty. There's, you know, yeah. the groundskeeper mm-hmm. guys, oh, honey, you know, they're still shitty. Right. Yeah. I didn't remember any of those cutaway scenes. I didn't remember that they did it until I actually saw him do it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's where Bob Uecker comes back in because he's the, he's the, he's the bridge back to the, you know, the, the fan world, the, Mm-hmm. Everyone who's on the team, I think it's just it, you don't need to see the fans as much as to know what everyone's thinking. You just need him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we do right. get a little bit of the fans when they're pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> like the two, the two high business is, is great. <laughs> too high? What does that even mean? <laughs> At first, it was really, really high. <laughs> yeah. So, do you guys remember? Do you remember when they were filming this in Milwaukee and were there somehow do you, it was somehow we found out, I don't know, I guess it was probably in the newspaper or something since there's no internet, um, that they needed extras at uh, County Stadium on such and such a days for filming. I don't know if you guys remember that. I remember I desperately, but... I desperately wanted to go mm. and um, we couldn't for whatever, I don't remember why, we just couldn't. And uh, But I, I vaguely recall, I think think dan davis went oh really yeah with his family <laughs> his dad or his parents and maybe his sister i think I, I i don't know if it was him someone we knew went and was there because i remember talking to him about it and what it was like and the one thing that stood out he said there was not very many people there at all and they kept having them move mm. you know they'd shoot a bunch of shots in one angle and then they'd have the whole <laughs> everyone who was there <laughs> to be fans move so they could be in the background of like a reverse angle because they didn't have enough people to fill the stadium, not even close. And I was so jealous. Yeah. I was just like insane jealous. I so I wanted to be there so bad. Well, that's pretty unusual to have like a big casting call for such a big, you know, like they like so they needed so many people that you're likely to to get in. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were if you I don't know how they, it worked if they just had a turnstile and they just counted a bunch of people in or what or who knows, but. I mean, they probably just took anyone who showed up. Right. As, yeah, as many well. as they could get. <laughs> anyone who would sit around for five, six hours. Yeah. Doing a movie. Yeah. I mean, you can tell that there's not enough Indians stuff in the in the crowd. Yeah. But you don't... I mean, the energy's there. Like, the crowd looks into it and... Especially, I, this, I think the the wild thing scene is is you know that's the 
when when you need the crowd the most, and I think that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And that they say, I think David S. Ward is even takes credit for the whole walk up music. You know that now that they have really relievers coming out of the bullpen to a certain song that to pumps them up. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, this kind of started the trend, I guess. It, at least that's what he says. I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, yeah. But it's true. Hmm. I don't remember a lot of walk-up music, period, back in those days. I mean, now it's common. Everybody has their own song. Everybody in the lineup, you know, every time you go, go to bat, you have a song that plays in the loudspeakers. But it wasn't really like that. Well, uh, it was... Uh... Your 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 uh, team's relief pitcher back in the day, Mitch Williams, <laughs> yes. who uh, started with Wear ninety nine and have a Wild Thing played when he entered the game. Yes, he was. Yeah, I remember him being Wild Thing, and and I knew why he was called Wild Thing. I was like, oh yeah, Wild Thing, that's cool. <laughs> and he and he uh, won a World Series with the Phillies, not with the Cubs, of course. But um, yeah, you know, that's it was it was cool for ball players too. I think they they were into it. Um, kind of, you know, in the way that we were talking about poker players being into rounders, it's like when you are in that world and somebody does a decent job of sort of bringing that to life, it's it's cool. I, I imagine that's how it's got to be how it feels. Like, oh yeah, this is this is what it feels like. Yeah. Or maybe they just like good movies. I mean, if you if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I remember that. I remember. Um, I remember the casting call vaguely and, and when I watch this, I look at County Stadium and it looks so tiny and decrepit and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean I think that I mean obviously that's why I was being torn down and they, they built a new one, which is now yeah. American Family Field, whatever. Um Oh, it's not Miller Park. No, they changed the name, which is so ridiculous. It was Miller Park until huh. like two years ago and then they changed it to American Family. Well, they just, they're just like leasing the name, right? They sign it, you know, they like pay for 10 years and then whoever wants to do it next pays and they get the name. Right. Right. And that how they do it now. That's generally how it works. But I mean, excuse me, but yeah. um, What's, what's, uh, what's the San Francisco field now? Is it still three com or something? I don't know. There's like the the White Sox play a guaranteed rate field. It's, (laughs) oh my God. You know, and they used to be Comiskey and, and of course Wrigley is Wrigley and it's, it's just ridiculous to, to, is Wrigley still Wrigley? Still Wrigley, Fenway still Fenway. Um, so yeah, it's, it's obviously makes them a lot of money, but it, it, it takes something away for sure. 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 I don't like it. Yeah. It's it's kind of gross. And, And especially because Miller Park is perfect. I mean, what else yeah. do you think of besides Milwaukee when you when you say Miller? You know, Miller <laughs> right, is Milwaukee. Right. So yeah. it was kind of a, a sponsor as well as a yeah. They kind of they got away with it. They're just yeah. like, oh, okay, that works. Yeah, and they spell sell a lot of Miller at the at the park and stuff. Anyway, yeah. And then not to dis dis County Field like there or County Stadium, I should say. They, you know, the the Packers played there. It was a big deal to a lot of people, and and I, you know, I saw games there and it was fun. But the the bleachers don't um well i guess it probably helped them in filming because as you were saying they had to move people around to cover everything but the bleachers you really didn't have to cover because there were just like two main stands <clears throat> and a lot of open space and sort of and then one big tower of speakers that's how it looked that's how the outfield looked it wasn't like a great place to catch a home run ball yeah you know it had to be pretty lucky. so I, I, we're getting off topic. But I'm curious. Did they? Did the Brewers go back to the 
the MB baseball glove logo? They yeah. did. When did when did they go back to it? Kind of recently. Um, Recent, yeah. yeah. It's great, isn't it? Isn't like the best. It's fucking awesome. Best logo it's like the best in, in logo sports. of anything in the <laughs> it world. It really is. Not just sports, everything. It's <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> you I can't believe they ever. It if people haven't know what we're talking about. Uh, sure. Uh, I mean, it's just it looks like a baseball mitt, like a two-dimensional baseball mitt with a ball in the middle, but the fingers are the M and the thumb and the palm are the B. Right. From Milwaukee Brewers. And it's <laughs> awesome. It was always awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And they when did they stop using it? Like in the 90s or something? When they changed the colors to like blue and green. And then they had they had like a little brewer's yeast, a little piece of Yeah. And then it was just the right. big M. Yeah, they went away from it. They Ugh, it's so boring. They've gone back. I mean, now you will see a lot of merchandise with that logo because they realized it was a mistake and and how great that logo is. Um, right. And of course, like the, you know, for alternate jerseys and throwback stuff, they'll have tons of that. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I've always thought it was great. You know, even as a Cubs fan, I was like, oh, wow, look at that logo. <laughs> it's a ball and a glove. It's perfect. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. It's good. Well, I'm glad they went back to it because that the M one with the little thing on the wheat or whatever the hell. I, oh, <laughs> it's so boring. It's so bland. It's just like, ugh. Do you think that there's, um, I mean, I, I know that they, they, it was timing and, you know, they, they couldn't really feel uh sorry film in cleveland because of the logistics but do you think that there's a sort of a, a kindred spirit between milwaukee and cleveland i don't know sure <laughs> I, I just set myself up and i'll just answer my own yes. question yeah i think there is <laughs> <laughs> i was really wondering what you thought yeah it's well i mean you, you know the, the the only thing i forgot about this movie um was how shitty they make Cleveland look yes. in the opening credits. Mm, but it, it always bad. is bad. <laughs> and I was like, I, and I was like, well, I mean, that could have been Milwaukee in 1989. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. But with that Randy Newman song playing, which is awesome, mm-hmm. I mean, what a, it's just such a great opening. It is. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll just start singing that every <laughs> once in a while. Cuyahoga River. <laughs> what you know? What I think is perfect for that is they realized. That was a great way to open, and you know he made a good. He did a a, a song that was appropriate. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was about the Ohio River being on fire, all that stuff. Um, yeah. But then they're like, "Okay, we're good," you know. But then when they got to like Toy Story, they're like, "Okay, you can do the whole damn film. <laughs> Go for it, Randy." Yeah. And it's <clears throat> I think maybe because there's other I don't know I just, I just think that it's a touch. It's like a it's a it's a mood setter. But mm-hmm. it doesn't work in every single case, you know. It's like right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean, not that I didn't like the songs in Toy Story. It's just that, you know, <laughs> after a while, you're like, this guy's voice is funny, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I absolutely yeah. love the beginning. Yeah, it's great. <clears throat> and it's got a great ending too. It does. It's a really good underdog wins kind of thing, and like you said, tying it all together at the end. You know, sort of ties up all the loose ends in a nice little bow without being overly saccharine or, or obvious or cliched. <clears throat> How do you think they shot that or the very last shot? Like they the people are kind of coming off onto the field, the just the extras. And they have most of the team there. I, I wondered if they they had to do that a bunch of times or or if they because they cut it right when, you know, they're kind of pointing at each other and it's like a perfect photo freeze yeah mm-hmm. 
but it was like so perfect. I was like, wow, did they, how did they film that? You know, that was because they went through they the, probably did it a couple, they probably did it a couple times and they probably had several cameras rolling. I would imagine. Do you think they did that first and then they did the other stuff like, um, mm-hmm. you know, Dorn punching Rick Vaughn, <laughs> picking him back up and hugging and. Because there's a lot going on at the end there. Yeah. Yeah. That seemed know. like a hard thing to film. Yeah. Handheld cameras or something. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it is perfect. The end is perfect. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> when he pees on his contract. <laughs> That's great. I love that in the beginning too. He says, "I thought you didn't have any high, high priced, high high priced, uh, high priced talent." He goes, "I forgot about Norm because he's only high priced." <laughs> <laughs> or when he's like, uh, "I wish if he's best in the baseball before his knees went." Uh, I wish we had him two years ago. We did have him two years ago. Well, four years ago. Though. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I was reading like the different possible inspirations for Rachel Phelps, the the, mm-hmm. the quote unquote evil um, owner. Um, one somebody said the Georgia somebody the Rams owner, yes. nineteen seventy nine. And I I don't know where they where I don't I don't know I can't I have nothing to really <laughs> say about that but the. The other version was the twins from the seventies, and that seemed to hmm. hit hit a little harder because they said they actually did have a contract where it was like if you drew under one point two million for three consecutive years, then you could move the twins. And the guy actually did that at the time. Um, he, well, or I don't know if they proved that or, <laughs> but he had a pretty terrible team. And that first year, they they lost like 106 games or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it nearly they nearly moved to Miami or somewhere, mm-hmm. and then somebody else bought them out. They stayed in Minnesota. But I mean, that sounded like oh, that sounds like the plot. Yeah. Also, I feel like Ted Lasso owes a debt to this this movie. Hmm. If, if you guys have seen oh, Ted yeah. Lasso, yeah, there's there's definitely enough there. Yeah. Is certainly, uh, is certainly inspired by perhaps or something along those lines. <laughs> An homage had to have been in someone's mind somewhere when they created that show. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the other thing, the, this movie is referenced in Moneyball because in, in the is actual it? book, not the movie version. Oh, really? But in the actual book, that people, you know, people are wondering what in the world's he doing, and someone, someone said, "Oh, he's trying some sort of major league." Uh, thing and because and because nobody could understand like why what exactly was going on um and it, so it kind of makes sense you know because they were picking up guys who were really cheap um mm-hmm. who to other ones else's eyes weren't weren't worth it um but they knew how to get on base yeah uh, so anyway yeah it's referenced in there hmm. i read it recently because i know how to read <laughs> nice. Uh, thinking of Mike Myers in Wayne's World. <laughs> I still haven't learned how to read. <laughs> He's crying. Oscar bait. <laughs> right. 
Well, I was thinking about the that basic premise, which is if you have low attendance, then you get to move. And it's really mm-hmm. the only thing they don't follow up on, which is which is just as well, because there's no there's no reasonable outcome for that. Because obviously if they you know, if they <laughs> are fighting for first place, they're probably the attendance is probably up by the end of the year. Right. Like they don't they don't I say think- exactly when they hit that number, but they must have hit that number. And then they're just playing well, then I guess it's clear that they're playing as a screw you to her because she's just gonna replace them next year anyway, in theory. Yes. Yeah. Uh the numbers though, I was like, wait a second, the number is eight hundred thousand for mm-hmm. roughly eighty home games. I'm like, that's only ten thousand per home game. Like that's <laughs> doesn't seem like not that's uh, that's not very many people because no. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Most stadiums are thirty, forty thousand, at least. Right. Even in, in those so days, they, now it's bigger. Yeah. County Stadium had a capacity of twenty eight thousand one hundred and eleven. Mm. I just know that. I didn't look <laughs> it up. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> you're like Rain Man. Well, we, we did go there as a school assignment. So. Oh yeah, yeah we, we went for math yeah. class. Yeah. Thanks, Mister Steamer. Eighth grade, yeah. I don't remember that at all. We, uh, I do. Like we went to a game. Yeah. Caught a ball in the in her lunch bag. <laughs> <laughs> who did? The bus driver who drove us up there caught How a baseball. The hell do I have in the no memory bag. of this. <laughs> I remember wanting a ball and not getting. I don't remember her her getting it. Yeah, went right over us. We were all sitting there. The ball's coming to us. and went two rows behind us, right where the um, right where the bus driver was sitting. <laughs> What was the rationale for taking us to a baseball game? To do I the believe- statistics. Statistics. Oh. And, and so do we actually have to score the game? We do have a scorecard and try to do the... Yeah. Do yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, we scored scored a game with a scorecard. With the little, the little diamond diagram and shit? We did all that circling the bases and shit? I think so. I don't, I don't know. If no, I have no memory of this. Enough. I don't think we had to turn it in as an assignment, but, I, but we were there. Let's we were talk about all the drugs it. you did in eighth grade. <laughs> I must have. <laughs> My memory sucks. <laughs> Damn it. But yeah, that all was, that, I think that, that was cocaine in Bristol. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a hot spot. <laughs> <laughs> was meth a thing? No, I don't know. Because I was taking that too. <laughs> There's a weird flashback to me at uh, some. Halloween party, you know, we used to dress up and do a Halloween dance or something. And I was, I had like a hat and uh, I was, it was sort of like a Blues Brothers type outfit, but I had a guitar case. So I, so I put, instead of having a guitar in there, I put like uh, sugar in there, pretending it was cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know, like, (laughs) I had to like describe it to the teachers or something, but. That's well, uh, part of being a musician. Yeah. yeah. You can't be a musician in the 80s and not have cocaine. Yeah. You know that. Um, I thought Tom Berenger was famous. He is. Yeah, but I mean, I thought he was like, I was like, I don't know. My memory of him was that he was like a lot bigger than his filmography shows. Really? Yeah. Well, because I only think of him as, as this movie and then um, Platoon. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. Like, I thought I was going to look back at his filmography and be like, oh, yeah, I, I saw that and that and that. I thought it was going to be something, you know, a lot of, a lot of big movies. Yeah. No. <laughs> he will be a double up someday, though. Yeah. I mean, he's been a busy dude, you know, his whole career, but it's mostly smaller roles. Every now and then he has a small role in like a really big film like Inception or something, but most of it's, yeah. No, you're right. He's... I guess my surprise isn't the expectation that he was a big movie star. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know. Training Day, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dennis Haysbert was the big, biggest surprise for me because I didn't remember that that was him. Oh yeah, and to me, I'm like, oh, he's the guy in 24. Who yeah, yeah, is mm-hmm. the guy who sure. becomes the Allstate guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. So Charlie Sheen is one of our double ups. Yes, which you mentioned mm-hmm. already. Um, there's a couple of surprises in there, like, um, uh, well, the manager. What's his name? Dennis Hughes. Are you talking about Lou Brown? Yeah, what's his, what's the actor's name? James Gammon. James Gammon? <laughs> yes. All right. I said, all right, knock that shit off. Uh-huh. Um, I believe he was in Wyatt Earp at some point. <laughs> was he? Yeah. <laughs> when in doubt, it's Wyatt Earp. Huh. Yeah, but with that mustache, yeah. He's got to be in it. Um, who else is uh, floating around in there? Oh, what's what about um yeah, what about Harris? Um What else was he in? Yeah, he was Mr. Sutherland and Wyatt Earp. Huh. Anyway, Harris. What's what's that actor's name? Oh, uh Chelsea Tra- Ross. Chelsea, Chelsea Ross. Ross, yeah. Um He's in something else we did? Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's a simple plan. A simple plan. He's the sheriff. Yes. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yep. Good one. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I was looking at him yeah. thinking, I've seen this guy, but wasn't putting it together. Yeah, he's been around. Yeah. The music is by James Newton Howard, which surprisingly we haven't. I don't think we've done anything with him. We haven't? Isn't that crazy? Like, he does everything. Yes. Um, I'm checking again, but I don't think so. The Wild Thing was a remake, a cover version, by a group named X. X. Hmm. That coincidentally had another punk group named X at the same time. They both, uh, one from Australia, one from Los Angeles. Wait, no... Sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, oh. go ahead. I was just going to say, James Newton Howard was the orchestrator on Wyatt Earp. Oh, nice. Whatever whatever the hell that means. Yeah, that counts. And he was also, he he has, he was the orchestrator and uncredited musician on Waterworld. Oh, because he wanted to remove his name from that. <laughs> <laughs> like, take me out the credits. <laughs> Likely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and he, he is the arranger uncredited on Glengarry Glen Ross. 
All right. Wow. So he's all over the place. This guy does a lot mm. of pro bono work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Fool. All right. I, so I mean, it's a perfect, perfect comedy. Perfect sports <laughs> much, comedy. Eh? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to think of like some nitpicks, things about it that bother me. I'm having a hard time coming up with anything at all. <laughs> well, that I'm serious. Yeah. Like I watched it, so and I was like, with it, I was kind of had an eye for that. I was like, all right, well, what, well, you know, what's, what's what's wrong with this movie? Right. I'm like, I, I don't know, man. Like, for what it is, it's fucking good. <laughs> You all those throwaway lines, like they got chili dogs over there. You know, they just yeah. <laughs> I know that scene's. All, I forgot about that scene. Actually, okay, here's a minor nitpick. Minor nitpick. The movie, this movie, for all its hijinks and shit, it doesn't get very cartoony. You know, it's pretty grounded for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but long, except, for the yeah. most part, there, but that scene, what he's wearing is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> You feel like a banker in this. Yeah, I feel like a banker in this. He's, he's wearing, what's he wearing? A leather vest over a shirt with the sleeves torn off, and he's wearing a tie around his exposed neck. Okay, but you get what they mean, what happened. Sure. They made him put the tie on. Yeah. No, I get it. It's just kind of silly. Because if they were going to make him put something on, they'd probably make him put a jacket on. Or the fact that he tore the sleeves off his uniform as soon as he got one. I mean, <laughs> right. He didn't wear a hat or anything. Yeah. But that's, so I guess that that's my nitpick. I don't know. Uh, it's silly. That's the best, that's the best I can do is at that moment, it felt, it left the realm of real world in any sort of way at all. You I get you. Yeah. You know, you know that, at you that moment, it felt like the, bit. it felt like the artifice of a comedy film, you know? Okay. It yeah. felt like it was there to get a gag, you know, to get a joke, to get a laugh instead of being an organic part of the story or anything, you know, mm-hmm. I suppose. I still forgive it, though, because it's funny. They got chili dogs. Over. I mean, that's <laughs> you want me, <laughs> want me to drag them out of here, kick the <laughs> shit out of them? <laughs> that line's great. <laughs> yeah. I I think the closest I I have to a nitpick is the is the attendance thing, because one, they don't come back to it. And two. Well, there's a good reason for it. Uh, so it's not two. I mean, the, the reason that it's not a nitpick is it. they actually had something in mind. They had an alternate ending, um, which was shot, and I think it's on the re-release DVD or some some crap. But um, she, uh, Rachel Phelps, is actually trying to motivate them, I guess is the thing. She has a little, yeah. she has a scene with Lou Brown, and she's like, um, well, actually, I'm just trying to, motivate them and i think this is the group of guys that can can make this happen and but if you tell anyone a single word of this i'll fire you you know so it was kind yeah. of the the twist sort of the twist yeah on much better i feel like that would have yeah, yeah i think it works a lot better because you couldn't it. put together these guys thinking they were gonna win right i think it was the no way and the fact yeah. that they won anything and they, is and still they crazy. need a villain you know they need like a common enemy to unite them yep mm-hmm. you know yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of I, sense. I think, it was wise, I think it was wise to leave that out. Mm-hmm. You can see, you know, I guess why they would, you know, they would shoot it and, and maybe test it and see, but. Right. Yeah. I feel like it kind of cuts the legs off it a little bit. Yeah, we don't really need to know. I mean, she's, and she, you know, she's, for what she does, she's a, a, a important part of this too, because if she wasn't sort of believable yet hateable, you know, 
then you wouldn't really you'd be kind of blow it off like oh whatever she's just the owner but but she's like you know in their face you know she comes into the locker room and all that stuff and and um (laughs) and she's and if if she was just doing it as a gag or to motivate them it's like well wait a minute you're this plane is about to fall out of the sky i mean you're we're, we're getting a little extreme here if this is a gag but if she's trying to save money because she doesn't give a shit then the plane stuff works the other stuff <laughs> um my sister and i have watched this a number of times enough that we have our own favorite scene or at least i'll just say it's hers jen her favorite part is on the plane and there <laughs> and you know <laughs> Uh, he, Willie's like, I'm going to need one of those bags, you know, <laughs> are there any, you know, are there any stewardesses? And then, uh, Roger Dorn has the little sleep mask on yeah, and he, yeah. he looks around with the sleep mask on and then he goes, Oh, you know, he falls back into his chair. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just that little moment. Like, yeah, that little bit of business is so funny. It's like, what the fuck is he looking at? He's wearing a he's mask. Wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and that sound, that, that weird <laughs> yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah. What are we doing next? No, we're not done yeah, yet. Yeah, we gotta what? clean it. No, no, no. Clean this up a little bit. Let's tie, tidy <laughs> things up. <laughs> like there's there's sequels for. I don't want to acknowledge them because they're oh, not yeah. good. I don't know. I oh, was yeah. gonna skip that. I was gonna. I what? Was like, we can't talk. Well, about let's this. skip. Up, let's skip all the bad sequels and just talk about the reboot that that might happen. Are you serious? It's been talked about Isn't that since a long like 2017. Yeah, that's rumors been out a, a while, but they shouldn't do that. No, yeah, they should. It would be they hard to do. They should just put it back in the theaters. Right now, yeah. COVID time, you could just put it back in the theaters. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. doing that with the Spider-Man movie. So, Are they? Which one? Yeah. The Toby the No Way Home. It's back in the oh. theater this weekend. Huh. So, well, hold on. I just want to, I want to speak of the, of the sequels briefly. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because the most surprising thing about the sequels to me, or the second one, let's say, is that most of the primary cast came back except for Wesley Snipes, <laughs> who was recast. The character's there, but it's Omar Epps. Oh, yeah. But Charlie Sheen, Tom Berenger, Corbin Burns, and Dennis Haysbert, James Gammon all come back. To, to and what? Bob Uecker. But, ugh, I mean... I saw. I remember watching it and thinking, Ugh, "This stinks." I couldn't tell you what it, what the actual plot was. I think I even saw the third one. Back to the minors. Morbid, yeah, out of morbid curiosity. I never got through and like, that one. And, and, and no one's really in that except for Corbin. Well, Corbin Burns and Dennis Haysbert are both in it. Um, I don't know. Like Scott Bakula's in it. Well, you know who I like, I guess. But I mean, dude. Um. Anyway, yeah. All I, I all I can remember about. about that one is the the Japanese character with the the big balls. He's running down a first, and he's like pretending he has big balls or something. Oh god! <laughs> and it's about as dumb as it sounds. Yeah. It doesn't Oof. doesn't work. Yeah, the comedy the comedy doesn't work. It's yeah. Problem. Right. It's just yeah. I mean, it has other problems um, too, but I mean, at least be funny. Like actually be funny, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. Don't just play on our nostalgia. Yeah. I think it's interesting that this is a slight subject change, but I think it's interesting, I guess, that Tom Berenger and Charlie Sheen were both in Platoon before this, which I never, I never really thought about, never realized exactly. 
you know, I was just, I was sort of, before we started this episode, I was kind of looking at everyone's um, sort of filmography to see what they had done before this, because I'm always curious what what actors and directors are doing before a film we talk about to see where they're at in their career, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, Charlie Sheen was riding pretty high. You know, Platoon was a huge hit, mm-hmm. I believe, if I remember that correctly. It was big, winning all the awards and such. Mm-hmm. And Tom Berenger had a big role in it, too. I mean, mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen's the lead, but Tom Berenger's, like, him and, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, God, the Green Goblin from Oh, uh, oh yeah, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yeah, Willem Dafoe are like the next sort of the next stars of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, That's pretty. It's interesting that you know they do this sort of. I don't know, like the way people pick roles to me is always fascinating. Yeah. Seeing what they do before and after something that's terrible or something that's really great or you know it's just like it's an interesting thing, and then later. Dennis Haysbury and Charlie Sheen would co-star in Navy Seals. Oh yeah, which, which is just dog shit. <laughs> it is bad, bad, bad. I get in fights over that movie. I don't, I don't know why people people seem to like that movie. What? I, mean, Who? I don't know. Um, Nobody likes my it. My friend Dave. Hi Dave. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm calling you out on this one. You love You're Navy Seals. Yeah, I can appreciate this enjoying the absurdity of it <laughs> you know it is it is I, mean, I am with you it's dog shit and there's no like yeah. tactically there's in every single way like it's an insult to what Na- what navy seals actually yeah. do sure you know, right it's, it's just such a weirdly <laughs> hollywoodized thing with these like young sort of it's got the guy you know, from the terminator in it. um yeah i mean bill paxton's in it so at least yeah, there's that yeah, that's good that's i mean he elevates sure. anything Absolutely. as far as i'm concerned i'm with you I'm with you on that. Um, Michael Bean, too. I love Michael, Michael Bean. Michael Bean, yeah, sorry. That's the guy. But, geez Louise. Navy it Seals. Could've, yeah, it could have been Yikes. something, but it wasn't. Anyway, sorry, yeah, sorry Dave. Script. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to yell at me for that. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, well, to your point about like looking at what people have done, the director is really interesting to me. David yeah. S. Ward, because he, the guy wrote The Sting. Yes. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. So I, I know that he did this movie because he loved, he actually loved the Indians who are now the Guardians. Yeah. He's probably just not crazy about that, but you know, and he did a good job obviously, but he also directed it yeah. and did a good job. And yeah. that's pretty much it. Like he doesn't have any other yeah. big, well, he wrote sleepless in Seattle. He, I mean, that was a big, that was a big, well, I think, I think his, his bread and butter is, is a writer, his screenplays. Yeah. Which is surprising that he did a good job on this one in directing. <laughs> uh, or maybe it's not oh. maybe it's not fair to say that because I don't know. I, or or maybe I it's surprising I, that he didn't do more. Like why didn't he direct Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, or, I mean after Major League he only directed King Ralph, which I saw don't remember didn't like mm-hmm. it. Program, which is kind of ludicrous. I've seen that. Major League 2 and then Down Periscope which had like one funny line. Yeah. That's about it. It's it's a weird Resume. Mm-hmm. The program I saw in the theater, it's in 1993, that would have been college, I guess. And I saw it because, I mean, the program is pretty forgettable. It's about uh, a fake university uh, college football program, like a D1 school, and how, you know, how your life was football and uh, your relationships and steroids. And it's very, um, I don't know, because it doesn't really have a plot per se. I mean, it's just their, their, their season and how 
all the shit that happens. But one one thing that people will remember about that movie is how they have a scene that was deleted. And since I saw it in the theater, I saw it. It's like they're the quarterback who's um, a, um, someone we know, the, guy, the, the main guy from uh, A River Runs Through It. and Yeah, Craig Schaefer. Yeah, he's the quarterback. And he, I think it's him, and he's like showing how how he has to be have nerves of steel and he lays down in a on a highway yeah i remember yeah that. yeah and then the other guys like lay, want to do it too and they lay down and they're like woo, and the cars are going past and they had to cut that scene from everything since then because some kids actually went out and did that and one died and two are injured and stuff and yeah. you know people are idiots they'll do anything that other people will do for mm. some reason but yeah. <laughs> that's probably the most memorable thing about it it's not yeah. a bad movie though, and I don't think it's poorly written at all. But he, you know, maybe that one since it kind of was kind of a dud, he didn't really have anything like like that, you know, where he was. Well, King Ralph, he wrote and directed. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's well written or real well directed. <laughs> no, no. And I love John Goodman, but it's not. Even John Goodman will be like, ah, it wasn't a great movie. <laughs> yeah. So it's just weird, just how you can have one really really good moment you know this movie is the one he's going to hang his hat on forever yeah as a director sure as both i would say i mean he has to yeah you know i don't know if how how much help he had on the on the screenplay i don't think it says uh there's a couple producers but no one else is credited with the writer though it's just him oh Anyway, it's impressive, and you know, I guess I, I, I'd much rather have one great piece of art out there and have a bunch of crap after that than yeah. have, you know, nothing. Yeah, I think everyone would agree with that. No, I just want a bunch of crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying it's not like I, I, I'm not saying trying to say that you should if you don't have a, a good career. It's not worth it. I definitely think it's worth it. As soon as you have something like this, or as soon as, well, shit, as soon as the sting happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's contributed to cinema in a significant way. Yeah. All right. Enough, enough about David S. Warp. All right. Now, what are we going to do? <laughs> All right. One last thing. Uh, I don't think we've really touched on it yet. The, um, the sequence where uh, Roger Dorn's wife seduces Charlie yeah. Sheen is retribution. I love that entire sequence <laughs> from when she goes up to him to the bar to when she leaves and says hi to Jake. Hi, Jake. Yep. <laughs> That's genius. And Charlie Sheen says, I didn't know. I swear to, I swear God. to God, I didn't know who she was. <laughs> it's just awesome. Such a great scene. <laughs> All right. So now should we talk about what we're doing next? No, I'm past that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even tell me. Uh, okay. Should we talk about the stock market? What do we do? No. All right. Well, we're going to we're going to stick with 80s comedies. Really? Yeah. Mm. You like 80s comedies? I do. <laughs> I've been known to watch an 80s comedy once right. or a hundred times. Does it have uh, Tom Hanks in it again? N- no. Okay. Uh, it was the sixth highest grossing film of 1986. <laughs> um, what a year. Yeah. 
Uh, Oingo Boingo has oh, a camera. Weird science. Weird science. No. No? What? It's not weird science. Oingo Boingo oh. has a, cam- a musical cameo or an actual cameo? Yeah. Musical. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, man. Um, Is it kids? <sighs> Bunch of kids? Uh, no. Oh. It depends, it depends on your definition of children Ooh, uh, wow. or kids, uh-huh. but it's not kids. I mean, it's like... Okay. Wow, I just realized I'm having a really hard time giving any kind of like tangible clue that doesn't give it away immediately. It is an early role of Robert Downey Jr.'s, so much like Weird Science, he has a sort of a a small-ish part, although it's pretty, I think it's a little bit, actually might be a little bit bigger in this than it was in Weird Science. He plays like the main, one of the main character's best friend. What the hell? Um, it stars, uh, uh, a comedy legend and one of his few starring film roles. He didn't star in a lot of movies. God, like a stand-up comedy legend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is a movie, um, this is a year that, okay. I'm just telling you what movies come to mind when you say 1986. <laughs> okay. Stand by me, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Howard the Duck only because <laughs> you picked it. No other reason. Okay. Yeah. Big Trouble in Little China because you picked it. I didn't I pick it. that. That's true. It wasn't his pick. Oh, wait. That's that Aaron's pick. pick. Okay. Yeah. The Money Pit, which you picked. Yeah. And then we referenced, um, which I don't think, Three Amigos. <laughs> I don't think it. It's not that. And short circuit, like those to me. I think critters is or boonies or one of those. Or I can't think of what those are things are around there, but that's 1986 uh, to all me. All right, I'll, I'll give you a hint that, that might give it away. It's one of the very few times I've ever seen Kurt Vonnegut in a movie. Oh crap! Oh, I totally know. What I know this what is. this is too. But I, oh, it's gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> and he obviously plays himself. Uh, a movie with Kurt Vonnegut, 1986, with Robert Downey Jr. It's a it, it's a cameo. I don't even think he has a line, or maybe does he have a line? I don't know. Um, is it? It's it's a it's it inv- it, it, it it is a university setting. The Rodney Dangerfield. Oh movie? yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. Back, back to, to school. school. <laughs> yes, it is back to <laughs> school. All right. That's right. You mentioned you mentioned that. Yeah. I was like, "Why do yeah. I know Kurt Vonnegut is in a movie?" Yes, because you mentioned it a while back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. So I haven't seen so it. Faster. I haven't seen it in like twenty years. Okay. And I, but I remember thinking it was very, very, very funny. <laughs> so I'm, All I'm right. terribly curious to see if it holds up. Uh, I have a Me hunch. Too. It was shot at my alma mater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, some right. of it anyway. Yes. Cool. Is there anywhere we can... danger field. What's that? Anywhere we can watch this movie? Um, uh, uh, HBO Max. Oh, yeah? Nice. That was easy. Sweet. HBO, yeah. Sweet. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's on Cinemax and HBO Max. YouTube for free? Is that just regular YouTube? No way. Uh, I don't know. AMC, the AMC app. I don't know. But yeah, I guess. That. Maybe. I'll just watch it on HBO. Cool. All right. Sweet. Rodney James. <laughs> We're on quite a, quite a string here of, um, I don't know what, I don't know what to describe him, but. 
we're not doing a lot of art house movies. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I uh, well, let me tell you this. Up until about ten minutes before we started this episode, I was going to pick an, a quote unquote art house film. Even in it was even shot in black and white. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, Major League uh, is an art house film. Yeah, it's a fart <laughs> house. <laughs> um, but I'm going to pocket that one, and maybe next time. I mean, well, I'm not complaining. I'm just it's just interesting. Was it Memento? No. Oh. Older. Oh. No. All right. All right. So, yeah, I mean. It's been our best review. It's pretty, pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. I, I, pretty good. I'm pretty sure we just repeated this movie was funny for an hour. <laughs> 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 and the other things people in this movie did weren't as funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, guilty as charged. And now we're gonna go back to school. Oh, right before we go, up your butt, Joe Boo, and yo bartender Joe Boo needs a refill. Are two things I still say. Oh yeah, day. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is the up your butt, Joe Boo, is something I say to myself. <laughs> I never say it like out loud. It's like if someone, you know, if someone says something stupid, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure we can add that into the text uh, lexicon, you know, yeah. UYBJ. So, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to say Jesus yeah. Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> all right that's enough movie buff yeah I'm well out. we should have said this this review has been a home run but you know oh boss. oh boy we missed it <laughs> get him next time mm, oh well play ball <laughs> see y'all when we go back to school thanks for listening because we're professionals. <laughs>